I'm Dr. Greg Winteregg, CEO of the Private Dentist Alliance. I want to talk to all of you students out there today who are wondering what your future is going to be like as a career in dentistry, as an assistant, as a hygienist, as a dentist, where is this profession going with the rapid increase of the DSO movement? I'm here to tell you the PDA is going to help you and I want you to become a member today. It is free. Now, why should you become a member? You're gonna get weekly video updates from me and you're gonna get regular updates of our newsletters from the Alliance on exactly what is happening and how we are going to help preserve and protect the private practice of dentistry. Now to me, the most important advantage is you are going to get access to our job board. What is that? Our private practicing members all have access to our PDA job board, which means if they have an opening in their private practice of assistant, hygienist, doctor, front office staff, they're going to be able to post it. And you're gonna be able to check up regularly. And as our membership grows, we're gonna be covering larger and larger territories across the United States. If you are looking for a job in any position in the office of a private practice, you need to become a student member today. It is free. Go to www.privatedental.org and become a student member today. You're going to love your benefits. Do it now. What is up, guys? It's your boy Matt Havis back at the Dental Survivors Podcast. Today we have a very special interview for you. We have Miss Lisa Copeland. She is a registered dental hygienist, a speaker. She is an Ironman competitor. She has tackled that twice. She is a CEO, and she's just all around a wonderful person. Today we sit down with her and we talk about how to communicate effectively within your dental practice to your patients, to your staff, and how to ultimately build those quality relationships. You need to gain trust and to provide the best possible care that you can give to your patients. So today she sits down and she discusses her trials and tribulations with going through her Ironman and how she used that to formulate how to communicate to patients and how to leave those lasting relationships. So tune in, check it out, let us know what you guys think. It was a super high yield interview, a lot of quality information that I hope to employ one day in my own dental practice. And ultimately, let's just stay safe and let's vibe on. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Student Vibes podcast. I'm Seth Kalish, Cole Herzik, Matt Havis, and our very special guest today, Miss Lisa Copeland. Miss Lisa Copeland is a dental team consultant. She's also a speaker, CEO, Gen X, Ironman, and passionate registered dental hygienist. So Lisa, Lisa's career has been focused on sharing her 30-year clinical experience and corporate expertise virtually or live in diverse cultures that span the globe. Lisa coaches dental practices and corporate teams in communication strategies that increase productivity on all levels. Her unique experience and stories as a competitive athlete fuel her memorable messages of how to become Ironman communicators and high-performing teams. She has had the honor of serving as president in the National Speakers Association of the Northwest Chapter. Lisa, how are you today? Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. I'm doing great. How are you guys? We are doing awesome. It's uh, another day here in lovely Florida. And where are you located, Lisa? I'm actually in snowy Park City, Utah. Park City. All, All right. right. Beautiful. Yeah. I, Fun I, place I, to live. I, I do love the snow, but it's cold. 
It is. It was 22 degrees this morning. Oh, wow. And it's snowing right now. We're getting probably a good dump tonight. Yeah. Yeah. A little different. We're on polar opposite types of uh, states. (laughs) Didn't spring start? (laughs) We still have snow. Oh, yeah. Um, That happens here. It can snow like into July. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I would love to go and snowboard, ski, everything. But Lisa, you are definitely an athlete. Let's hop right into it. Tell us about this awesome accomplishment you've had um, about completing two Ironman competitions. How was that? How did you get to that point? Well, I started competitively swimming when I was eight and it was just part of my life. You know, I, I took competitive sports very seriously, but I also had a lot of fun with them. And, and as I got older, I realized that, that, you know, with the events like training for an Ironman, you take these um, skills and they're transferable into the rest of your life. So the planning and the preparation and the communication and you, you know, the coaching, it, it's all transferable into uh, our business lives, no matter what business you're in. Mine happened to be in dental hygiene. All right. So I took the principles of, of really training for sports. And that's how I help people learn how to uh, really communicate more effectively and establish relationships, seize opportunities, um, just really look at their business plan and their business approach a little bit differently. Awesome. Love it. So, I mean, Cole, you know, I love bodybuilding. All of us guys here, we work out and that's definitely- I can see that. <laughs> we are all shooting for. We want to eventually do an Ironman. I mean, I don't even nice. know. What my, yeah, my time for a, a marathon right now. Oof. I don't even know a mile. I don't know. Okay, so first things first. Lisa, could you please run us through the Ironman, just training, the competition, what it actually is for anyone that doesn't know? So the distances of an Ironman, you start little, right? You eat an elephant one bite at a time. So you do a marathon maybe, or you do, you know, a mini triathlon, but the different distances for an Ironman is a 2.4 mile swim in open water, uh, followed by a 112 mile um, road bike. And then you finish up with a full marathon. So it's, and it's all in one day. I have people ask me that all the time. You mean in one day? (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. That takes some conditioning. I, yeah. Yeah. So, you, you, I'm, I'm sorry. So you go through all of this in one day. How long would that take you? Uh, for me, I am not, you know, I'm not qualifying for the, the Hawaiian Ironman at any stretch of the imagination. For me, it was just my first goal was to finish. And it took me my goal that I set for myself, um, my first goal was to finish because you don't want to really set yourself up for failure. My second goal was to try to finish in 14 hours. And my first Ironman, I came in at 14.003. Oh, wow. Wow. It was pretty amazing. I had no idea that I was that close to my goal because you lose track of time, you know, after a while, but 14 hours, some people do it like the pros do it in eight. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I'm sure That's you not me. Really good playlist for that 14 hours. <laughs> you know what? They didn't allow us to work, to use music. Oh no. No, you're in your own head. Wow. wow. I mean the mental, honestly, it's, it's, it's gotta be super hard physically, but mentally, I mean, for 14 hours, just yeah. 
pushing yeah. this probably because you're all in your head for 14 hours. Just let's move next step, one foot in front of the other. That's gotta be. You just break it down, right? You do, you know, I, I thought about it like six different races, you know, the first lap of the swim, the second lap of the swim, then biking was two laps. So I just broke it down. You know, you, you can't, you can't look at the whole day because you would be overwhelmed for any amateur athlete like I am, you know, it, it would be, I don't think I'd finish. <laughs> so Lisa, you use the acronym Ironman mm -hmm. in some of your communication. So what does the acronym Ironman stand for? So the I stands for introduction. Uh, so important in dentistry for to, for us to have positive introductions with, or, or you know, first impressions. And so when you um, meet the patient for the first time, but also think about, you know, do a little recon in your office and think about the first impression that the patient has. So from the time they pull into the parking lot to walking to the elevator, to coming into your office, you know, what are the impressions that are gonna stick in their head? Because you only get one chance to make a first impression. And so building off of that, you know, look at your office and think, where can you improve? The R stands for relationships. Communication and relationships are really the cornerstone of our practice. Because if you establish a really good relationship with your patients, you're gonna have loyalty. You're gonna have patient loyalty and you'll also have team uh, loyalty as far as the relationships you establish with your teams. The O is opportunities, right? Where can you, um, where are opportunities for you to improve you either, either your office procedures or your communication skills or um, opportunities to enhance your team engagement. The N stands for, um, well, it's, it, it comes out to be a couple different things. I think about nuances, you know, what are, what are some of the um, things that you can do differently in your practice that nobody else is doing, you know, make yourself stand out, be the unicorn dental practice. Um, and really try to do things that the patients are going to remember. You have to be stickable, right? You've got to do things that the patient's going to leave the office and think, wow, I really enjoyed that visit. And as a matter of fact, I just had a new patient appointment here in uh, Park City and they, they blew me away with all of their processes, the way they take you through. Like I walked into the office, they introduced me to the whole staff they took me on a tour through the office because people are really very concerned about safety now. And so they've stepped up to that. And, you know, just the way they interacted, they had a follow-up note, um, a, a handwritten follow-up note that came a week after my appointment. And they put a little tea bag in it that said, um, we were meant to be together. And it was a little mint tea bag. Nice. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, how simple is that, right? So things like that, that make you stickable. Mm -hmm. um, I forgot where I am in my letters. Let's see. I-R-O-N-M. <laughs> management. And management is um, how you manage your staff, how you manage your team, how you manage your patients' interactions. But really what it comes down to is making uh, management or, or the interactions with your team bi-directional, having bi-directional leadership and, and really focusing on people's superpowers, right? So everybody has a superpower. You don't want a dictatorship because your team won't be in as, as engaged. And so focus on that person's superpower. 
So let's say my whole career has been in implantology and whitening. So that's kind of my sweet spot. And that's where I excel. If they want me to, you know, if I'm working in a new office, if they want me to take over the whitening program, I'm the perfect person to do that because I've always enjoyed talking to patients, taking impressions, you know, doing the whitening aspect of the practice. Same thing with dental implants, right? So focus on each person's superpowers and that will really level up your communication with your teams. You're gonna have better team engagement. It'll increase your practice productivity. It will increase your, um, uh, just the overall culture, you know, a positive culture for your office. Um, the A is action. Always give your patients and your team members an action plan. So if you have a discussion with a patient and you've talked about uh, a treatment plan, always have an action step for them and think about the who, the what, and the when. And so who's going to be in charge of following up on that or who's going to be in charge of the next step? Um, what are you going to accomplish and when are you going to accomplish it by? Because people want to, they want you to succeed and they also want to succeed with what you're asking of them. And so by giving them an action plan, it makes them feel much more comfortable about moving forward. Um, right. And then the last, the end, uh, we'll talk about the end as never finish with a Q&A. And so again, if you're having a discussion with a patient and you're going through a treatment plan, the, the conversation should end with how would, you know, um, this is what I think we should do. And these are the next steps. Does that sound like something that's reasonable to, to move forward on? But if you say at the end of the conversation, do you have any questions for me? You bring the energy of the conversation from a really high level all the way down, right? Because they can go way off on tangents and they can, you can really derail yourself and also their acceptance of the treatment plan by finishing with that Q&A. So I try really hard, even in my presentations, not to, uh, not to do that. It really changes the energy level. Right. That's awesome, Lisa. That, I love that acronym. And you explained that so well. There is so much to unpack there. There's so much. So one of the things um, we can talk about, since we kind of talked about team culture and how teams work together and how you can apply some of those letters. So kind of what are some things that some of those teams can apply immediately that will help them cross a patient focused finish line. And so in, in relationship to getting new patients or in relationship, give me a little bit more information. Yeah. So getting new patients, I mean, there, there's so many different things um, that you can kind of, uh, cause the classic example is, okay, you go to a CE weekend, right. Mm -hmm. And you get back on Monday and you're like, okay, I'm going to try and apply everything that I learned this past weekend, but you don't even know where to start. So let's, that's a great example. Why don't we start with new patients? What, what's an action step that you can immediately take with training your teams to get new patients? So for new patients, you have to pay attention to um, generations. And it's super important. Right now we have the, um, the Gen Z coming into the workforce. They're also gonna be our patients of our practices. They're the future of our practice really, because they're gonna be our employees and they're gonna be our patients. And so one of the things that I really emphasize is, is teaching people to really discover who they are as a generation. You know, you have to look inward before you can look outward and how people perceive you. 
And so with the Gen Z, for example, let's use them coming into our practices as employees and new patients. We have to focus on what's important to them and communicate to or with them on what's important to them, right? Because it's different than if you're talking to a traditionalist or if you're talking to a baby boomer or a Gen X, which is what I am, or millennial, right? So what, some of the things that are really driving the, the market for Gen Z are, um, well, for all the markets, if you're looking at employee retention, everybody's looking at salary, right? Because that's right. always been important to all of the generations. But secondary and, and third and fourth, they're looking for Gen Z, they really want an experience, they want to be, they want to have an impact. They want to have a positive, positive culture. They want to be very inclusive and it's super important for them to really relate and, and, um, participate in the practice very, very quickly, because if they're told, oh, you're not going to get a raise or have an evaluation for a year, they're not going to stay. Right. But that's, you know, those days are gone. <laughs> and yeah. none of us ever liked that anyway. None of the generations ever liked that. Well, maybe the baby boomers did, but, um, and so looking same, same way with, with attracting new patients, your Gen Z patients, they are looking for an office that has first and foremost, they go to friends and family for referrals. That's the very first place they're going to look secondary. They're going to look at social media evaluations. And if you have a three or a two or a one, and you're consistent with the same types of complaints, they're going to just move on. They're not going to come to your practice. And so really taking a look at your practice, what are you doing now? Where are you at? And what do you need to improve? Um, also the use of technology, right? The, the Gen Z, it, it's part of their life. They're, they're digital natives. They've never known life without, without the internet and with out an iPhone or a, a cell phone, right? I grew up, we didn't, we had cord phones. <laughs> and if you wanted a private conversation, you walked around the corner into the dining room and it stretched the cord as far as you could, nice. right? And so they're looking for practices that are embracing technology. Um, as far as benefits, benefits kind of went away in dentistry for a while over the last 10, 15 years. And if you're not offering benefits for your younger generations, they're not even going to look at employment in your practice. And so it's a, a big part of the communication and really establishing that positive culture to get new patients and to get new team employees is, is really focusing on the generational aspect of it. Right. So Lisa, you mentioned uh, an online presence. What are some of the more successful techniques you've seen uh, doctors who like, let's say like five years ago, 10 years ago, had no social media, nothing. And now they've implemented social media, website, all that sort of stuff. Can you, can you put your finger on anything in particular that really helped them uh, blossom into a, a larger online presence? Ooh, that's a tough question because it depends what patient you're trying to attract. Right. And so how if about we do are, implants because that's you know that's your your specialty there i'm sorry say the question again uh, implants so attracting in implant patient you so it. you're not going to go for the younger generations you're not doing implants until right the growth plates are done developing and so for patients for a practice like that what i've seen them do and they've done this really well if they're successful is really just embracing you know updating their websites have it very tech tech savvy 
and also very um, picture and video friendly. Hmm. People watch videos more than anything nowadays to get information. And so they've also personalized it. So they've made videos, you know, maybe people used to do newsletters, right? They would mail them out with a stamp to our patients. And now if you do maybe once a month or twice a month, just do a vlog and make it personal, you know, like Katie's nine months pregnant. She's almost ready to have her baby. We're going to miss her. And in the meantime, we're going to have a temp. Her name is right. So make it personal, um, do something or keep patients embracing your practice culture and also really let them get to know the teams. Mm-hmm. And so many websites I look at, I go to the um, about us page and it just has a picture of the doctors. <laughs> yeah, you're and, right. And that's not who is all of the practice, right? It's, it's include the whole team and make sure people really get to know them. You know, name tags are so, so, so important. Every single person should be wearing a name tag. Um, I went to the, to have a filling. I had my new patient appointment. I told you I had a filling that I had to have replaced. And I went back and I could not remember the name of the girl who I had worked with the time before. And she didn't have her name tag on. And I was like, ah, I'm not comfortable with asking her again, you know? Um, and here's a tip. Always wear your name tag on the right. Do you know why? Why is that? So when you shake somebody's hand, you know, you reach out to shake someone's hand Mm -hmm. and you can look at their name tag. It'll help you remember their names better. There you go. Okay. Okay. All right. And what's funny is men's pockets are usually on the left. Oh, okay. And that's where men usually will put them, but you should try and put it on the right. Right. Fun fact. I think I think we're the names on the left. left. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? We need to, we need to tell our school, put it on the right. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Just think about whichever hand you're shaking, right? So you're coming together, whatever hand you're shaking, you want to be able to look at the name tag as you're shaking the person's hand. Right. Okay. That's great. And you know what, to make it even easier, what if we just had all of our uh, team members have their uh, names embroidered on their scrubs? There you go. Yeah. So that's a nice way to do it. Yeah, that is a nice way to do it. Very professional too. Although with all of our gear, we have to wear nowadays, you know, you're not going to be able to see it through the, if you're wearing disposable gowns, you know, right. uh, which yeah. you wouldn't have your I name look- tag on the outside of that anyway. So we'll, get a, we'll just, we'll just yeah. cut a rectangle out around the name tag. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That'll do it. We can Good put job. it on the, uh, on the head covers we're wearing now or she- face shields. Exactly. <laughs> right. So Lisa, um, you mentioned a lot about Gen Z and how there's this big transition and also about how there's a difference with the implant patients going to be older uh, demographic. So can you talk about this buzzword generational friction? What is generational friction? Generational friction is um, generations are all that, you know, everybody thinks that they're the way they, they interpret things is the right way. And each generation has um events that have impacted them and they have a completely different perception of life than the generation before them. And so an example would be um, for, let's say for the baby boomers or no, let's say, let's start at the traditionalists. They're our oldest generation that we've ever done research on. They had World War II impacting them and the depression, right? And so they're very conservative. And when you're treating a patient 
that is a traditionalist, which is probably the oldest generation you're going to be seeing, it's super important for you to, number one, respect their age, because age equals authority. And number two, um, they are very open to um, having the doctors give them an opinion of what the treatment that they need is. They want to know what they need and how they're going to get it done. You know, they just, they're very used to being dictated to. If we did that with a millennial or a Gen X or a Gen Z, it's a very different situation, right? Because you're going to approach them differently. You also want to use the appropriate salutations when you're talking to your patients. If it's a baby boomer, um, well, let's say we're writing a thank you note and we'll kind of go down through the generations. So traditionalists, you want to use dear and their last name. For a baby boomer, you can say dear and their first name. So dear Steve. If it's a Gen X, Steve is fine. If it's a, a millennial or a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Gen Z, they appreciate a handwritten note, but you can also send them a text and use first names and they'd be just as happy with that, right? And so there's a formality um, that really has a big impact. And it, it kind of goes back to relationships. You know, older generations expect the doctor to be in a white lab jacket and, and to have four men. They expect the man to have a collared shirt and a tie on for women to be in a dress or dress pants, right? So if you have an older person coming into your practice and maybe you're doing a consultation for implants, let's say, if you have an older person coming in, stash a white lab jacket in your operatory or in your office and put on a collared shirt and a tie and a white lab jacket and go in and have a conversation with that patient. It will take you miles in the relationship. So kind of the tip you can remember is whenever you're in a mixed environment, you always want to dress to the oldest generation. That's great. I, that's right. awesome how you broke it down every single generation. Like that, that was perfect. Specifics of each one. I got to say too, it makes me so much more understanding of each generation now because, you know, when you kind of find yourself comfortable in your own generation and seeing how you interact with people your own age. So seeing how you can interact with people in the older generations, it definitely, it'll definitely help. I could even use this in school with my own patients now. Oh, absolutely. Older population in the area we're in. Yep. Yeah. If you, um, if anybody, you guys or anybody listening is interested, I have a generational jeopardy game that I play with my, uh, the people that I interact with, with in the practices or, or conferences. Um, I have it on my website. So if anybody's interested in looking at it, I've broken down the generations into four, five, oh, I think I only included four generations on it. And then, you know, work ethics and values and preferred type of communication, right? Because an older generation probably wants a telephone call to confirm their appointment, whereas younger, they want text. And, and so it breaks it all down for that. It's, those, um, it's on my website under resources. Great. And Lisa, can you give our listeners your website for those that are listening and not viewing online? Oh, yeah, sure. It's www.communicatewithinfluence.org. Awesome. Love it. And also, so Lisa, you tell me uh, your opinion on this. So I kind of just have this general, I, I wouldn't say it's a rule, but I kind of simplified the first name, last name sort of thing. So uh, when it's older patients, I say Mr. Last name, or I say Miss first name. 
What do you think about that? Is that okay? Um, for what age? Uh, I guess anybody older than me. <laughs> That's a good approach, actually, yeah. because people will tell you, oh, just, you know, like I did, you said, how would you like me to, to address you, which was really nice that you asked me that. Um, and so I, I just said, well, Aunt Lisa's fine with me. Um, but I would ask, you know, you, you can't ever go wrong by asking, how would you prefer to be addressed? How would you prefer to be communicated with? Um, as far as, you know, confirmations and whatever, it's always good to just ask. Awesome. And then you can make a note in your, in your computer system. And then anybody who steps into that position will see, please call Mr. Jones, not call Mr. Jones, but please call him <laughs> Mr. Jones. Right. right. And that's awesome because we now live in a culture where, um, you know, um, there's a mixture of different things. There's like you were saying, there's the the Gen Z's that are now more, um, maybe they have a nickname that they rather go by. And of course, mm -hmm. like you said, there's Mr. Jones is going to be on their patient chart information, but you never know. Or now taking it a step further, you now have individuals that um, you need to make sure that you're being um, mindful and respectful of say their pronouns or something like that, or exactly. how they'd like to be addressed. So yep. that's a very good tip to always, you know, get that confirmation. That way you're never not, you're never being rude you're ensuring that you're calling them the correct term. Yep, absolutely. And then you then you have a reference, you know, because you might have a temp come into your office that doesn't know your processes and procedures. And at least if you document everything, which we have to, um, then at least it gives them a foot to stand on and, and they, they know the right approach. So they're not gonna offend the patient right off the bat or an employee or a, a colleague. Awesome, right, love it. And, you know, it's like, I was raised by the older, like the traditionalist generation, like my grandparents raised me, my parents worked, and they're, my parents are boomers. And um, growing up, I had more of like an old school mentality. So I find myself too, like, before this conversation, like, I was pretty old fashioned, like, I feel like I'm like a 55 year old and like a 26 year old body, you know, it, it, you know, where I, I like this whole pronoun thing, like it's like a foreign language to me, you know, like growing up, I was very, you know, there's boys and girls. And now there's like 10 different things. And starting in, um, you know, dental school, that was the, the first day we had this lecture. And, I, and I, that was the first time I really got exposure to how everyone views themselves. And, you know, it was, it was truly like seeing all the different avenues you can take and how people identify themselves. It was like a whole blast of information to me. And it really opened my eyes to like how everyone else is and how they view themselves because, you know, taking care of patients, you know, we have to be able to communicate with people and understand them to provide the best possible care. You know yeah, what I mean? So growing absolutely. up, you know, with one like persona, one mentality from one generation, versus now seeing how the newer generations live and how they operate is completely, you, you know, it, it could be a foreign language. A lot of people is very daunting, but once you understand it, I feel like it helps provide the best possible care to your, you know, to your patients. Yep. And you know. the, the easiest way that I remember, and this is how I think of it is we are all immigrants to the other's generation. Definitely. Immigrants, you got it. That'll do it for our interview with Miss Lisa Copeland, registered dental hygienist and dental team consultant. She sits down to talk about all things communication, which we really appreciate and we loved having her on. We'd love to have her on again soon. So let us know what you guys think about the interview. Give us a like, comment, review. Follow us on Instagram at dental.student.vibes. Please send us DMs. Let us know what you guys think. We'd love to make this the best podcast we can for you.
So as always, let's just stay safe and bye-bye.